You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by the fastest growing social media app for hunters and fishermen. And the name of that app is Go Wild. You can find out more about Go Wild by visiting their website, timetogowild.com, or you can go to Google Play Store or wherever you download your apps and just search Go Wild. It's a kick-ass app designed specifically for outdoor enthusiasts, so give it a try. This is the Sawn Outdoors Podcast. Hello everybody, this is Zach with Sawn Outdoors, welcoming you to another Sawn Outdoors Podcast, episode number 28. McCade and I had an opportunity to recap our 2018 hunting goals and also talk about some of our future 2019 hunting goals. It's a really fun podcast that we had to reminisce and talk about how we've improved as outdoorsmen and areas where we've learned where we can still progress. So hopefully you guys enjoy this podcast. As always, this podcast is concealed in King's Camel. King's Camel has been a great product for for not only Sun Outdoors, but me personally, and I love, absolutely love their gear, especially their xkg line i personally love their transition vest and this year i noticed immediately the effectiveness that it had for me while i was hunting i'm always cold when i'm hunting on ridge tops and i'm glassing in the early morning and late evening and that xkg transition vest really allowed me to not shiver stay warm be able to look through my binoculars without having to guess what the heck i was looking at because i was cold so once again guys king's camo as a great product for us, we'd love for you guys to kind of look into them and see what they have to offer. If you do visit them on kingscamel.com, you can use our SAN promo code, that's S-A-H-N, and you will be able to save yourself 15%, and that's also included on all clearance items. So that's a wonderful opportunity for you guys to save a little bit of cash and put it back in your pockets. Uh, once again, kingscamel.com, go ahead and take a look and see what they have to offer. I'm starting. <laughs> hey, I'm starting, everybody. Well, we're just sitting here in the physical therapy clinic. <laughs> I just finished up with work. It's kind of a neutral site for yeah. me and McCade. Met up here. We're just kind of running. <laughs> we actually, yeah, we laid out on the floor because there's some space here. We laid out uh, a 10 by 10, 10, by 10 space uh, for our booth that's going to be at the Western Hunting and Conservation Expo in February. Which is exciting. First time yeah. we've ever done that. Yeah, super excited. We've been there, been a part of some other booths, hit some podcasts really hard last year, but... Now this time we won't be begging for power. <laughs> hey, do you mind if we bum some power off of your booth so Renting we can do a podcast? Space. Yeah. <laughs> so so we'll have our own. So if you're going to be in the Salt Lake City area or you're anywhere close, you should definitely come check out the expo. It's February 14th through the 17th. Correct. Yeah. Uh, at the Salt Palace um, Convention Center, downtown Salt Lake. Look us up. I already forgot our booth number. It's like 3542 or something like 3540, that. 3540. I don't know. Something like that. Look us up on the at com. And then if you follow us on social media, we'll definitely be doing some follow-ups with that exactly. with the actual number kind of a yep. preview of what our booth's going to look like yeah it's so. going to be fun so also um 
if you're interesting and you want to sit down with us and record a podcast at the expo, <laughs> hit us up. DM us. We'll have a questionnaire for you to fill out before we decide <laughs> if you're interesting. Just kidding. No. So as 2018 is kind of winding down, uh, Zach and I, have, we talk about it every time we go out and do something, but we kind of wanted to sit down and recap our 2018 um, hunting seasons. Mm -hmm. And at the beginning of this year, we sat down together and we talked about our fitness goals and how we were going to prepare physically for the hunts. And as we've been sitting here tonight discussing this podcast, uh, we kind of talked about uh, some other aspects um, of preparation that maybe we weren't... We were lacking. Yeah, we were lacking on a little bit. Overlooked. Overlooked a little bit. Yes, definitely. So... I guess that's where we'll start off with the uh, the fitness. Zach, what were some of your goals, <laughs> the best you can remember? I mean, it was a long time ago. It was a long time ago. <laughs> I know you wanted to lose weight. Right. So last year around this time, I definitely went into the holiday season full bore. <laughs> I mean, I think my holiday season started as soon as the hunts were over because I put on weight and I put up weight on quick. But granted, last hunting season too, I always do this. I always start off the season or the new year, like everybody else, resolutions are set, you're motivated, you're going, and the month of July is my downfall. And it kind of was my downfall this year, but not as bad. But it's like once summer barbecues start, all of a sudden there's the soda, just sounds so good when you're, you know, finish eating a hamburger or whatnot. But... Well, what do I say every time we're on top of a mountain oh, somewhere, suck physically exerting ourselves? Oh, nice cold Mountain Dew sure sounds good right now. <laughs> uh, it's like, okay, shut up. A, trying to be disciplined, and B, you are right. That sounds ridiculously good. Yeah. And we did that a couple of times when we got off the mountain, whether it was packing water up. We'd always go down. That one time with Jeff, we got some Mountain Dew and some pizza. We killed that pizza. Yeah. <laughs> that was... And maybe that's where we need to focus in this year and be a little more diligent, hold each other accountable. That's my big thing is like, I need to have some sort of competition. Mm -hmm. There needs to be something like on the line to keep me motivated. And then I need people around me to hold me accountable. Right. And Mountain Ops does a good thing with their 90 day fitness challenge. They do. I've been thinking about jumping on that and yeah. really buckling down. Right. Because I, I've been trying recently, but it, I kind of got sick a little, a couple weeks ago and it's like, eh, yeah. all bets are off. Soda, yeah. candy. My motivation right now and here in the physical therapy clinic, we've got people bringing in homemade fudge, people bringing in homemade cookies, people bringing in those box of chocolates. I mean, we've got so much stuff being brought in that I'm just like, yeah, I'm not going to, yep, I'm going to just demolish it. <laughs> I don't, do I don't just, you know, dabble. For whatever reason, I have no self-control during this time of year. So last year, when we did set goals, I weighed 193, 194 pounds. And Which for, is crazy. Yeah. What do you, what's your height? My height is like 5, 8, and 3 quarters. So those of you who have never met me or don't know me, when I graduated high school, I was 140 pounds soaking wet. Like I could, I, I was a high school quarterback and I'd get demolished whenever I got hit or at least my lightweight would make it look like I got demolished because I was so light. I could not put a pound on to save my life. I was eating uh, two uncrustable peanut butter and jelly sandwiches between every single class and drinking a muscle blast protein shake between every class. And I got up to 160 one summer, but then two a day started in, for high school football and like that <laughs> dropped down to 140 again. But, you know, then I got a little older, 
went on my mission. So then I was about 150. That was a, that was a happy moment in my life. I was like, I weigh 150 pounds. This is awesome. I'm 21 <laughs> years old. But now, geez, yeah, 194, that was easily the heaviest I ever was. And so I was like, I need to ditch weight. And I think I talked about the effects of what a one pound does to yeah. your knees. Yeah, you did. And that's when we also talked about like using uh, walking sticks and yeah. hiking sticks. Yeah, to kind of help out the knees. So anyways, I, I did. I reached my goal of losing. I wanted to get down to 170 was my, I think, my baseline goal. And I, got, I dropped all the way down to 159 at one point. But I kind of stayed at 165, 167. Was, when did you drop to your lowest point? Was that during the hunts or kind of still no, early season? Early season. That first. So we set those goals and I, freak, I came out of the gates on fire. He went crazy. I mean, he was running to the gym, throwing up outside the gym before he went in to work out. Yeah, it was. <laughs> you were all It was over. nuts. Doing, doing some CrossFit body weight wads. And so I was doing, you know, just just simple things. But. Yeah, that first month, I lost 20 pounds. Wow. Just in one month. And, but that was just completely cutting out soda. Holidays were over. I could actually, you know, and, and I'm good at eating the same thing over and over. I don't get sick of it. So if I wanted to do a paleo week, throw in a crock pot, you know, do whatever, I could eat that all the time. But, yeah, so I got in shape quick. But I think for me, and it was evident during the hunting season, I did a little too much of upper body and not enough lower body stuff. I was doing air squats. Cool. Mm -hmm. I was running. Cool. I was trail running. Awesome. I was doing a lot of hiking. That's cool. I got my mountain legs. However, when it came down to packing out animals and I packed out three mule deer this year, man, I, I'm still paying the price. My, my left hip is killing me and, and rolled my ankle. I don't think I would have been able to prevent that, but, um, anyways, yeah, for me, that was one of my big areas. Awesome. I got my weight under control, but I think I didn't strengthen as I needed to in order to last a full three months of hunting season. So what would you do differently? You were running a lot. You were lifting upper body. Would What what, what would you do different? I think I would do a little bit more, you know, lunges, do a little bit more mm -hmm. of squats, you know, not heavy, maybe 185 at the top end. Um, and just try to, you know, not go past 90 or anything, but talk a little bit about that. Zach's a physical therapist. And so you understand some of the ergonomics and like how your body works and some of the downfalls to, I guess, going hard at the gym. Like, right. And it's funny because I can just walk around the gym and just be like, I'll be seeing you in a few months. I'll be seeing you in a few months. You're going to be hurting. So is this person. And it is, it's really easy to. Everybody has good intentions, mm -hmm. right? But I, even me, people know that I work in physical therapy and I'll get people who come and try to critique me on different things. And, you know, everybody's got their own little things. But, you know, 90 degrees is your power position, whether you're benching or whether you're squatting or anything like that, if you think back to sports and things like that. But the way that the kinesiology of your body works and the way the bones are laid out, especially with squats, if you go lower than 90, you're just putting a lot of stress directly onto your meniscus. And for those of you who don't know what your meniscus are, those are basically the padding between your femur and your tibia. So if you don't have any meniscus, you're going to get a knee replacement. That's what drives people to get knee replacements is it's just bone on bone. So if you go really low on squats with a lot of weight, you're just using the head of that femur to just really 
push down on that meniscus and kind of wear it down if you're just doing it a lot. So you're going to last a while, but eventually you're yeah. going to wear it out. You know, there's a great documentary right now on Netflix on Ronnie Coleman, Mr. Universe or whatever, yeah. however many times. Yeah. The guy can't walk. Like he is struggling to walk because his back is so jacked up really? and just his joints. So, you know, anyways, it, it, there's a smart way to, to lift and uh, there's a dumb way to lift. But obviously, if you want to lift for size, you're probably going to do lower reps, high weight. But I think in the hunting world, um, and in the future, we're going to do a podcast with my boss. Yes, I've uh, been begging for yes. a while. We need to do it. And, and But, you know, he always says, no, it's more about lighter weight, more repetitions. Better, especially for endurance. Yeah. You know, so. I mean, <clears throat> the times you're packing heavy, unless you're doing like a deep, backcountry pack where you're packing in food and water to stay you know for a week times you're really packing heavy is when you're successful when you harvest an animal you're packing Mm -hmm. out i mean yeah i agree you need to be ready but like when when are you really going to have that much weight for that extended period of time well think of if you if you're squatting 185 pounds when do you have 185 pounds on your back do you ever have 185 pounds on your back? An elk quarter, a rear quarter, 150 pounds? Yeah, on a big one. On, yeah, yeah on, a, on a really big one. So to me, it's all about being functional. Right. And it's just, is this weight going to be functional or is it just, you know, and I'm not saying limit yourself. If you want to go more, you can, but I would just be careful. Right. And that's where in the future when we do finally record that podcast i I really want to buckle down on some of the like ergonomics and what you're talking about don't go past 90 on your squats it's not necessary you're Mm -hmm. you're only hurting yourself whereas if you just stop at 90 and come back up that's where you're doing the most benefit and then and i want to talk about ways to prevent injuries and things like that but and there's super simple ways and bobby's really good at pinpointing those ways and simple simple exercises you can do with just theraband Mm -hmm. that Oh man, you know, you're like, man, this is not going to do me anything, but then you're burning. But it, it I mean, you know, it just helps strengthen Two a lot words. of supportive muscles. Monster walk. <laughs> yeah. McCade knows about the monster walk. When I had my knees replaced, well, I didn't replace when I had my knee surgeries, um, I was in here in the, the clinic and like, they'd have me do this thing, wrap the elastic band around like my ankles mm-hmm. and I'd spread my legs out to be about shoulder width, squat down. And then I like walk. And it was like the most intense. Your hips and your butt. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Crazy. I've never had anything like that yeah. with weight. <laughs> and everybody wants to think, well, I have an ankle injury. I need to strengthen my ankle. Or I have a knee injury. I need to strengthen my, my knee. But it's always the joint above and below. If you can strengthen those, it's going to take stress off the actual problem area. Hmm. So that's why, yeah, with the monster walk from McCade and his knees, it's focusing on the hips and the glutes because those are your huge stabilizing things. A lot of people overlook it. Yeah. Obviously, in the world of physical therapy, you know different things and know how to attack it just right. Everybody thinks i got to go out and do this huge thing. No. No, you can do some pretty humbling rolling a stool back and forth. <laughs> That's burn another the one that gets you. you know? Stool so, rolls. <laughs> it'll be a good podcast yeah. with Bobby. So, so definitely stay tuned and follow us and be on the lookout for that. We're going to try to hopefully get that done early part of next year. Mm-hmm. So um, so you felt like you were not prepared for the packouts necessarily, but on all of your scouting trips and things, 
I mean, when I hiked with you, you did really well. Like you were you were cruising up the mountain. I always do better going up and then going down. Down's my tough. knees my knees are jacked. I don't have any ACLs or anything, so they're a little unstable going down. My quads tire out fast, so they're twitching. Now, I don't think this directly relates to your preparation physically, but maybe it was an oversight somewhat on your nutrition. Do mm-hmm. you remember when we went up and set cameras? Oh, freak. I've never... And, and, I mean, there's so many things to keep in mind here. Like, you you need to be prepared physically. You need to be prepared mentally. You need to be prepared uh, with your nutritionally. actual... Nutritionally. And, I mean, and, and actually shooting your, your gun or your bow or, you know, like, the actual mm-hmm. art of harvesting an animal, how you're going to, to do that, but... I remember we were sitting there. We had, it was super hot, way hot. <laughs> and this and was when we you found that fire. Yep, we had just exhausted ourselves trying to put out this fire. I ran down a ridge about a mile, probably. <laughs> but we we made it back to our our little camp, our humble camp, and we sent our friend Jeff off to uh, go check his cameras. And we're sitting there. Yeah, just sitting. And then all of a sudden you started cramping up. Yeah, all I did was I was just sitting there laying on my back with my head on my backpack. And all I did was try to slide my heel up and just rest with my knee up. And, dude, I've never had – I've only cramped in my toes and my calves. Never cramped anywhere else. And, man, the inside of my thigh from my crotch all the way down to my knee was just in a knot. And instantly it was scary because I was like, how am I going to go up this mountain? There's a fire that's going on just down the ridge. Yeah, we didn't know what was going to happen with that thing. Yeah. I mean, the wind like started picking up and blowing towards our camp. Right. And so I was like, how am I going to outrun a fire if my leg is this cramped up? So that was an eye-opener for me. Yeah. I was like, obviously, I'm not having getting enough sodium or whatever it is. So, But you had some... Some potassium, like... Goop? Yeah. It, well, it's a goo. Goo. Yeah, goo. They make all kinds of different things for um, endurance athletes. And I had some rehydration tablets that are supposed to replace your like electrolytes and stuff. And thankfully, I had them in my pack. Mm-hmm. I, I honestly don't pack those unless I'm going like on a week-long backpack trip or something. Yeah. But I had them. We threw them in some water for you. And then you seemed to go it, away. It helped me. And then one time it got, you know, it just took a while for it to get into right. my system. And then I didn't have a problem. And we had you chugging water. Yeah. Which was a scarcity. <laughs> well, and that was a learning experience because here I was, you know, trying to be healthy and oh, I'd want to stay away from sugars and that. Well, guess who packed two packages of Gatorade things each day? You know, I separated it. I said, okay, at 10 o'clock in the morning, I'm going to drink a Gatorade, you know, pour it in my water bottle, drink that. Then at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, I'm going to drink another one just because that was scary so you did that on your hunts after? on my hunts yeah okay. after that anytime i went hiking i was taken two. and did you have any issues on your hunts with cramps did no you ever cramp no up? one time i cramped in my calf and my toes but it was because i was cold and damp my feet were <laughs> so sweaty in the sleep on? bag you know just oh. yeah it was just one time but it wasn't nothing like in an unusual place like my inside of my thighs because that was i was immobile yeah. i couldn't move so that was wake up call for me and so yeah, preparation, yeah, it's cool to lose weight and to, to do things like that. But, man, there's a right way and, and a bad way, and I think yeah. I was just, you know. And your body needs by. sugar. Yeah. Like, you're burning all that energy up on the hill, and, like, if you don't have some sugars to replace, or salt. Yeah. <laughs> People overlook salt sometimes, yeah. too. But. but but overall, as far as my preparation went, my biggest goal into losing weight was I hated the feeling it was 
it was last year's hunting season, 2017, and I remember getting to a point and seeing a fairly decent deer about three canyons over, but it was a jaunt. And it was just like I saw him, and I was like, oh, there's a big buck. And then as like I pulled my eye away from the spotting scope and saw the landscape, it was instantly like, well, he's living. I'm not <laughs> going over there. You know, and it was just because my my mind knew that my body was not physically ready for it. Mm-hmm. And obviously your mind never wants to do anything painful. So it's always going to try to tell you not to. But this year, because of the preparation I had, you know, the um, opening day of the rifle season, me and Mark Pratt, you know, we spotted some bucks a long ways away. And we had a drop off this steep, steep side into the bottom of a canyon and up another side. And this is at like 10,000 feet. Yeah. And it, in and some I, jagged desert country. Yeah, it was it was steep, but I didn't even think twice about it, you know. Mark was kind of like, dude, this is steep. And I was like, dude, I didn't come here to look at a deer. I came here to hunt one. So let's go. And we were surrounded by hunters on the ridge. And we were the only ones that dropped off and went down. And So that was kind of neat. You yeah. know, everybody was just kind of sitting up there. They knew the deer were there, but they were like, I ain't going after it. But we got into position. You know, there were some, you know, steep washouts that we had across and some different things like that but it was like my mental fortitude because i was lighter i was probably 165 pounds at this point was just like nope i'm going and do you think that came because like your mental fortitude came because of every time you were running and puking you're going to the gym you're doing hard things do you think that was kind of a direct correlation you were like oh i know i can do that physical challenge like yeah i think so easily because your brain needs to be trained yeah you know it's and true. and I, I think trail running got me a pair of trail running shoes halfway through the summer and so i'd always just run up dirt roads on you know steep things and and roads cut out into the mountains or whatever and and i was just like man so when i saw it like i knew and we had spotted these specific deer the night before and we were just trying to figure out the safest way to get to them and that night i went to bed not knowing i was like is really gonna like I was frustrated, I was sad, I was pissed, all these motions at once because I was like, I've waited this whole year, and there's these deer over there that are some of the biggest deer I've ever seen, uh, you know, in this hunting unit, and I'm, I'm not gonna be able to go after them because I don't know how to get to them, and so we woke up early that morning, walked around, the original plan, and that was stupid, and I'm glad we didn't because actually four days ago I looked on Google Earth and I was like. We would have got ledged up on probably a 30-foot cliff. Dang. And so we decided to back out. It's dark, 4.30 in the morning. Yeah. We decided to hike around, and that was just a punch to the gut again because I was like, man, my only plan. So we get to the lookout spot. We're seeing people all over the ridges. And then all of a sudden, I just I spot a buck. And I'm like, oh. And then there's eight or nine more bucks with them. And I was like, here we go. So we head off. Me and Mark drop off the top and, you know, dropped in and, hiked up to him and then i screwed up <laughs> the other part of preparation for hunting <laughs> I screwed up and wasn't able to harvest my buck mark was able to harvest his and i've had to live with that now for this whole hunting season so what preparations are you talking about well number one i was borrowing a friend's gun and when i talked to him at first he said yeah zero to 300 i talked to him the day before the hunt and he's like, yeah, it zeroed at 500. And so I was like, what? <laughs> and I had gone and shot targets like 270. 
And I kept pulling to the left, kept pulling to the left, like just barely missing the milk jugs is what I was shooting at. And finally I hit it. And so it, to me, it was dead on vertical up and down, but it was just me pulling off. And that was basically on a straight line. Well, where we were hunting, we were in the bottom of this huge basin and these bucks were 356 yards away, but it was so steep. I was laying flat on my back and shooting off my knee straight and up, straight up. And I don't, I didn't have an angle compensator on my rangefinder. So what am I getting for Christmas? Hopefully rangefinder with angle compensation. Nice. And, uh, you know, cause that, that feeling was horrible. So I need to do more shooting and less worrying about other stupid stuff. It's not all <laughs> stupid. This is all a huge learning experience, but there's so many little pieces to the puzzle, mental, mm-hmm. physical, nutritional, um, marksmanship. I mean, there's so many little pieces and time you have to fit things in. So it's mm-hmm. like, I feel like each year you kind of learn like one thing that you really need to focus on. Like last year, I feel like you, you conquered your physical mm-hmm. thing. Well, yeah. maybe this year you've already got the physical down, keep it up. Yeah. Then start, you know, putting in time on behind the bow, behind the rifle mm-hmm. and practicing. That's definitely the plan. Yeah. So I'm yeah. right there with you, man. Like I'm not an expert marksman by any means. I, I, I thought I was going out into Idaho fully confident shooting 700 yards if I wanted, you know, had turned on my scope and everything. Heat of the moment. Holy cow. Yeah. Forgot my range finder. Mm-hmm. So now I'm guessing, which is mistake numero uno. Yeah. And I missed one of the biggest bucks of my life. <laughs> Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, I threw nine shots at this one particular buck. <laughs> nine of them. And I had it on video. <laughs> it's all on video. I haven't showed a lot of people, A, because it's embarrassing, and B, some of the language that I was saying was like, oh, I better not say it. But it was just one of those things where, like I was telling McCade before we started, I've never shot more than one bullet at an animal before. It's until all been one shot kill until this year. So when I missed on the first one and it was against a snowy backdrop, so it just yeah. swallows the yeah. bullet. I don't know where I'm hitting. That's so frustrating. And they just sat there and I'm like, okay, I got another shot. I got to get more sturdy. And I took my time, felt just solid, confident. My breathing was good. I was on them. Boom. But like I said, straight up and down. It says 356. I don't know how far it really was. And so that's a good point, man. Like I feel like for the most part, we practice these very slight angles mm-hmm. up or down, but none of us, I'm willing to bet 95% of hunters do not practice some steep up shots or steep downhill shots yeah. Yeah. with their guns. I mean, it, it's a big thing at total archery challenge to be shooting pretty steep up. It's pretty steep down off. They have that infamous cliff shot at the bird. But it's something I've never really thought about. Yeah. I'm, I've never thought, when am I going to be in the position where I'm going to be shoot, laying on my back, using my knee as a rest, to shooting straight up. Yeah, that was total. So there's one for the list for next year. Mm-hmm. Practice that kind even, of shot. Even if I, yeah, even if I would have had an angle compensation telling me, oh, it's actually shooting more like 375. But that position. Yeah, that position was uncomfortable. So uncomfortable. What could you have done different? Looking think? back on it, 
I would have sacrificed the ability to video yeah. this shot. Because, you know, I'm thinking, oh, man, be for sawn outdoors, we needed some video, and, and it'll be an awesome kill shot. But because of that, which isn't a bad thing, I would have taken my tripod, I would have tilted my scope all the way down, and then I could have rested my Did you my have your gun. backpack? I did have my backpack, but it was so steep. I pulled out my jacket, I pulled out my hoodie, and I pulled out my rain jacket, and I stacked it on top. I have one of those outdoorsman's packs, or it's got the V-notch in the frame to rest. I couldn't get myself. Still, yeah, I couldn't get it steep That's enough. Crazy. So what I had to do, what I was doing was, I had my foot on top of my pack, just so my knee could raise the barrel of the gun even up steeper. That's crazy. I think you unplugged this there. No. That's okay. We're oh, still going. I did unplug <laughs> you, but yeah. So it was sickening. It was, you know. It was hard, like, it was also a learning experience for me ethically because Mark had harvested his buck, and I was pissed <laughs> because I was just like, freak, he shot his, I miss mine, and then he put he goes back to get his stuff, and I had already put my gun back in the scabbard on my pack, and I look over, that buck I was shooting at is 100 yards away from me, now level with me. And I'm like, oh, shiz. So I'm like trying to get it, you know, get my gun back out. Another learning experience. I had shot nine rounds already. I only had four more bullets because in my mind before the hunt, well, I'm going to sacrifice ounces. I'm not going to need more than 13 bullets. <laughs> well, we went around. He saw me, so we started going back, and I pulled. I had four more shots at him. Boom! Nothing. And he would like stop and just like, come on, oh dude, shoot me. <laughs> Because I did hit him. He was wounded, but not bad because I, I followed the blood trail for like an hour or so after and just small little droplets of blood, and it finally stopped in the snow. Like, I don't know where he went. And anyways, he ended up being harvested, though, by another hunter because I got a picture, which isn't, that makes just, you know, it's like, here, the knife's already in you. I'm just going to stick <laughs> it even deeper. It. <laughs> yeah, so, but... Anyways, hey, I've learned a lot. At least they harvested the buck that you couldn't find yeah. and hit. But as far as being able to get myself into position and be relatively able to control my breathing because I was in shape and I had done that, I was, I was, you know, I was there because of my work I put in. So now I got to do the same amount of work but also add a little bit more in some other areas and yep. I'll be good. <clears throat> You know. So, what are your goals for 2019? Well, to, I think stay around the same. You know, I, since the hunts are over, I think I'm back up to like 176, 175 weight wise. So, I've got to lose about 10 pounds in a lot better shape now than I was, you know, last year. I don't have to lose as much, about 20 pounds lighter to begin with. But, man, I've got to, yeah, spend more time with the bow, spend more time behind a rifle. And uh, I got to gain my confidence back because I've got in baseball you always hear the terms, and I guess it floats into other sports as well. But you know when somebody has the yips, it's like they just they're overthinking too much. When a pitcher has the yips, they can't throw a strike to save their life. Hmm. You know, and that's how I kind of feel behind the gun right now. So I'm like, what? I hope, I hope, I hope. You know, because the next weekend or during that the middle of the week, shot three more times than another buck missed it. You know, and so, I don't know. 
That's okay. I That's was it. able to harvest a buck with the same gun, same everything, but it was, I put a heck of a stock on, got within about 75 yards, raised up, boom. Didn't miss that time, but anything <laughs> over that was not just a chip shot. That's okay, though. I think, like, you're at a good point to, like, build yourself up. Now. Yeah. Start laying some foundation, some building blocks. Mm-hmm. So, but, yeah, we talked about right now out here where we're at, right, they have a 3D archery winter league. Yeah. And from what I hear, anytime I go into the Salt Lake area, everyone's like, man, are you doing that? 3D league out there in Tooele? No. What? It's the best <laughs> yeah. one in the state. That's so what I hear. We're missing out. They're going to have a big shoot on like the 19th and 20th of January. Oh, really? Right here. Yeah. So we that need to start sure. shooting, man. Mm-hmm. We have a month. A month. <laughs> a month, a month. Yeah. So. It's always so hard for me, uh, especially when it's cold. And it's not like we live in the city where we're pretty close to like a archery shop or something there's quite a bit of traveling and i Mm -hmm. travel all day for work so (laughs) yeah just it it i don't know all this is is excuses really how bad do i want it so well and it's tough like another part for this year was you know for being married i don't have any kids yet but just being married and trying to find time to go do things without sacrificing time that's necessary for a healthy marriage Dude, that was tough, you it's know. Balance. You know, I get obsessed with, oh, I got to go shoot my bow, I got to go shoot my bow. And then my wife's like, hey, I'm here still. Like, are you going to you gonna do stuff? With, oh, yeah. Dang it. Like, I'm struggling in there. Like, it's like, cool, I'm a better bow hunter, but not as good of a husband right now. Or, you know, I need to, I need to find that balance. And Kip Fowler the other day, he's got six kids. And I'm like, how is this guy? What? And granted, my wife understands. She lets me do a lot, but there's definitely a fine line. I'm like, he's either got a secret or his wife's like, eh, go do what you want, honey. <laughs> I've got the kids, which I doubt is the case, you know. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just like, man. Now I've only been married for a little over four years, so I've got a lot of learning left to do, obviously. But anyways, that, there's that aspect to it, too. I mean, you could put so much time into anything, but Any it's almost hobby. like... Yeah. It's almost like too much time into one thing is a bad thing almost, if that makes sense. Moderation in all things. Yeah. Right? So, but, yeah. But I'm excited this year's going to be fun. Yeah. I feel a little bit more prepared going into the year with not as many unknowns. I Like last year, it was like, well, I've never really shot a bow that much. Well, I've really never got after that hard in the gym before. Well, I've never scouted that hard. Now I have. Now I know what to expect. Now I know how to tweak everything. Except for this year, you don't know what to expect as far as tags go. Yeah, as far as tags (laughs) go. Yeah. Zach has a lot of elk points in Utah. Mm -hmm. I've been trying to persuade him to to hunt a certain area. Yeah, you have. And I don't know still. i got to make up my mind. It's about a month and a half away. Well, we could do some winter scouting. Yeah, could do that. So, uh, I just hate elk. I hate elk. I love elk. They show up on trail cameras, but that doesn't do you any good because you hunt them when you want to, man. They're freaking 10 miles away. (laughs) I don't know. Deer, for the most part, at least around here, stay pretty, you know, within a canyon or two of where you set your camps. Right. Unless they're really pressured by by hunters. We still have four cameras out on the mountain (laughs) that are going to stay there until next spring. (laughs) They're probably all dead. 
And that's okay. You were tempted to hike up there and grab them? Yeah, I was tempted to, but... I need to get a four-wheeler. I sold the Razor. But that's... A, to get up there. Even with a four-wheeler. Yeah, that's what I was saying. It's just a long hike. Any hiking in the snow sucks. You're doing three times the exertion. So, I feel like... Think back on my 2018 hunts. I felt pretty good. The biggest thing I struggled with was hunting solo. Um, and finding the motivation to dig deep and go hard solo. I do so much better when I have somebody around, even just to talk to and set a plan with. They don't even have to go with me. But if they're out in the woods with me and they go do so, their own plan and I go do mine, I, right. I drive so much better. But I struggled with that in Idaho and uh, a little bit in Wyoming. That was hunting a totally new area mm-hmm. in Wyoming. But uh, when we ended up in Colorado for the third season, I got with Jeff and, dude, we hit it hard. Like, we were hiking all over the place, um, going, driving to different areas, checking out. We were glassing all day long. Mm-hmm. We found bucks everywhere we went. Granted, it was a little different uh, different scene over there. Buck-to-doe ratio was really high, and it was winter, you know, rut time. Yeah. But... As far as my physical preparation, I feel like I did pretty good. I was running, which I hate to do in the <laughs> gym. Um, but I, I, I too feel like I struggled with, and it's always been one of my weaknesses, but my legs, conditioning my legs and actually lifting with my legs. The knees, still this day, they're my weak point mm-hmm. with lifting. But um, every week, every time I go to the gym, my Wednesdays are my leg day. And I'm making sure I'm doing squats. I started doing some uh, air squats, like some mm-hmm. uh, squat jumps, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, incorporating um, David Goggins, nickels and dimes, five pull-ups, ten push-ups. And I started doing 15 jump squats right after. You just do boom, 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 boom. Take a break. Oh, God. Three, three oh, rounds. And that's anxiety. a set. <laughs> And man, I've, I've noticed a huge difference. My knees, they hurt when I do it, but like I noticed walking up the stairs from the basement yesterday, like my knees didn't hurt and crack as much as they normally do when I walk upstairs. I'm like, yeah, there might be something to this. Like it really sucks in the gym, but I'm feeling pretty good outside. So that's my goal is to continue with that. I need to buckle down on the diet and stuff. Soda becomes one of my weaknesses. I just I do pretty good for a little bit, and then someone offers Dude, me even a energy drinks, man, freak. Even these zero calorie whatever energy. Yeah. Drinks, I will never forget. I can't remember where I saw it. I think it was during school, but there was an illustration of the effects of somebody's calling the clinic. But the effects um, of what energy drinks do to the bones, and as far as how strong bones are. I just remember, I don't know what imaging it was, but it just kind of showed and it just looked like, you know, a healthy bone without energy drinks was just really solid, you know, and intertwined. It looked like with a bunch of spider webs, just really tightly packed in there. And then the other one where it was, you know, energy drink drinker, it was just kind of really sporadic. And I just remember thinking, holy crap. But yeah, I know. Certain times of the year, too. Like, mm-hmm. But I was really hooked on a certain energy drink here for a little while. And uh, I haven't had one in, like, three weeks. Nice. So 
I'm yeah. trying. I'm trying really hard. I'm trying to eat more healthy, eat more protein-rich diet. Um, I, f- I just want to get my energy from natural sources. I don't want to be supplementing yeah. my energy. You yeah, know what I mean? Well, when you're hunting, yeah. you're pretty much on your own. I mean, you can bring some, you know, mountain ops, you know, whatever you use, but I don't know. But, dude, seriously, thinking about on it just hit me was when it comes to strengthening legs, I think back to how I thought last year, I just need to try to get it on the mountain as yeah, much as I can. Exactly. And because I think that's, pack. yeah, and that's what hurt me was side healing. There's nothing you can do in the gym, I don't think, that can prepare you for side healing with a heavy pack. Nope. And, um, and rolling rocks. <laughs> yeah. And, and so, yeah, I don't know. So, I think. so what we need to do, because I need a motivator, <laughs> is, yeah. um, man, I'd, I'd love to even go snowshoeing. Yeah. That'd be cool. Do some snowshoeing, keep the legs conditioned, but as soon as springtime hits, we've talked about it. We want to get a little bit more serious about some elk shed hunting. Mm-hmm. Um, and elk live in some nasty places. And so when we go do these shed trips, it's not about going light. We need to be packing 30 pounds on our back. Yeah. 20, even 20 pounds, yeah. you know, in your pack is going to, it's going to help. It's going to make a difference. So I think that's one of my goals. Um, I'd also like to, I got that scabbard on my back. So I kind of want to like throw a gun in there, you know, in case we see a coyote or something, just be a little more prepared that way. Yeah. And I'd add some weight. Yeah. I think there's definitely some, you just have to be creative and just do it. I mean, if you're, I figure if you're getting out and you're doing a mile or two hike on a mountain or even just somewhere steep, whatever, outside, do that once a week. You're going to be, you know, it's not going to be a shock to your system every time you right. do it. So, And I always get the most fit, like, that first week of hunting. Like, I can go into these areas and run cameras all summer, check them every month, whatever. And... I feel like I get better at it, but it's like, then I go hunting there for two days and I'm actually like hiking around with a heavy pack and exerting mm-hmm. myself more than just to the camera spot and back. It's like, yep, I'm good for the rest of the season. <laughs> yeah. No, it's definitely true. That term getting your mountain legs isn't a lie. So I, yeah. And the best way, like you said, it's on the mountain mm-hmm. with the pack to simulate what you're actually going to. And I think what you do at the gym and your, you know, when you incorporate a a proper diet and that, it just allows your mountain legs to come sooner, obviously. Yeah, Um, it's true. Because if you don't get a chance to get out to the mountain or whatever, or if you're at back east and you're planning a, you know, an out west hunt, don't worry, you know, just do what you can because you'll get it. I mean, it's a heck of a lot better to start now with a a proper diet, but once Mm -hmm. you get out here. Yeah, there's probably going to be some some growing pains as far as doing that, but I I think the the biggest key, no matter what, like do all the leg presses you want, do all the squats you want, do all the mountain climbers you want, do all the stair steppers you want, but unless you're getting your heart rate up for thirty minutes or more, Mm -hmm. I I I don't think you're really doing yourself justice. Yeah, when I'm hiking, like with a pack up. Some of the spots we hike to, to to hunt, I mean, it's straight up. Even along ridge tops sucks. Yeah. And you're still ele- at 10,000 feet. It's hard to train for the elevation. I know they have masks and stuff, but man, just getting that cardio exercise 
getting the accelerated heart rate for 30 minutes. I think that's huge. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be one of my 2019 goals. Yeah. Keeping the heart rate up, working on my legs, obviously focus on my diet and hiking. I want to yeah. hike. Sometimes it's not feasible just with work and stuff, but once every other week, mm-hmm. go for a hike of some sort. Yeah. And I might bump that up to once a week because summertime comes, the days are longer. After work is is more of a possibility, even if it's a mile hike after work. Yeah, that's possible. Yeah, it doesn't. And even if it's a mile hike, but it's steep, still get it. <laughs> Sorry, I just thought about this. You still have a camera up in the elk spot where your uh, mom yes, had a tag. <laughs> We've got some work to do this year. Well, been trying to get up to the cabin to just have an excuse to go get it, but haven't <laughs> gone up there. Oh, God, man. I wonder what's on that. That thing. camera has been out. It's probably dead. Oh, small. easily, yeah. But that camera's been out for two years now. Yeah, set him up in like July 2017. <laughs> it's a year and a half, but yeah. still, two seasons. Well, let's just go crazy. hop on the snowmobile and probably snowmobile on that trail back there. We should just hook up with Matt Galland and have him fly us in his helicopter. Hmm. Then we'll ski to him. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> so if anybody has a hookup for Matt Galland, please <laughs> let us know. That guy's incredible. Um, but yeah, I, I I think as a hunter, um, you got you got to set some goals. You got to have some stuff that's motivating you and and getting you ready, and find find some specific things to work on. The the mental thing is probably the hardest mm-hmm. thing to to overcome. But I think by doing some of these other things, by working on some foundations and fundamentals of shooting, shooting your bow, shooting your rifle, that shooting helps your you mentally, it gives you confidence. I think in in your exercise, um, following an exercise plan, setting goals with that, and achieving them, sticking to them, and same with your your uh, fit or your uh, nutrition. If you can set goals and stick to it and achieve your goals, that does a huge thing for your mental. Mm-hmm. Setting something that's a little bit, seems almost a little bit out of reach. If you're setting easy goals like, I want to eat chicken for dinner every week, <laughs> that's what kind of goal is that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but setting a goal of, all right, I can only bench 100 pounds. I want to bench 200 pounds by next month like that's that's a pretty crazy goal it is a crazy goal but you know you got to start somewhere you got to have have something that's a little bit out of reach yeah and then work your tail off to get it i've been this is a little off subject but kind of not i've been listening to david goggins new book can't hurt me Mm -hmm. holy cow if you need some motivation you're not going to find it on this podcast when you listen to him yeah when you hear like how out of shape he was and how he just decided he wanted to run an ultra marathon or whatever it was. That first race he talks about. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that book talks about it or oh, not. Oh, yeah. That's but where I'm good at right now. Gall. I think he had to do it in 24 hours. Yep. And he did it in like 18. Yep. And he actually ran an extra mile because he wasn't sure if he'd lost count or not. Right. Yeah. It, it, people, you hear it all the time, especially from the Navy SEALs, about the 40%. Um, principle and that, that is that we the human average human being only taps into 40 percent of their mental capa- capacity mm-hmm. um, you can do so much more and it's all about training your mind like you said earlier in the podcast and 
I know I'm super in, um, insufficient and, and whatnot, but I really want to, I want to strive to, to achieve some truly great things personally this year. So yeah, I, it's, it's on my, on my, I need to sit down the next couple of weeks and actually write them down, write them down. Having so the mirror of accountability. The yeah. yeah. Accountability mirror. He talks yeah. about that. That's it's pretty cool. sweet. So if you haven't listened to that, there's a little plug. You don't need my plug for that, but you got it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anything else you want to hit? No, I feel like, you know, we recapped everything and, and, uh, yeah, I think going forward, I think we have a good foundation of, okay, did good here, didn't do so well here. This is what we're going to do to fix it. And hopefully you guys are doing the same thing. Hopefully you guys are kind of reviewing not just from a hunting standpoint, but from a lifestyle standpoint even. You know, what are some areas that you want to work on or get get more efficient in and uh, go from there. And, and like we said earlier, we'd love to meet some of you guys Um you know, face-to-face. So if you're out here in February for that Western Hunting and Conservation Expo, please stop by. Hit us up on social media. Ask us what our booth number is, whatever it is. We'll make some posts. If you haven't had the opportunity to go to a show like this, you're totally missing out. Just it is incredible, all the vendors alone. And the Mm -hmm. mounts alone is worth going to see. My favorite part, you know, the mounts, the taxidermy work. The big bucks and bulls that were killed, and you know that you've seen all over social media, you know a lot of them are there. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a good thing to to see. We'll have your bull there and yep. your buck from this year. Yep. So we're, we'll see what all we can get in the booth. Um, we do have a pretty small space, but we're gonna try to have my um, archery bull from 2016 and my Colorado buck from this year. Huge thanks to Big Stuff Taxidermy for that one. They're mm-hmm. they're pulling out some strings to get that done for me, um, on a pedestal that I made. So yeah, that's super cool. Pretty excited. That's super cool. We're gonna try to have Zach's uh, buck there, uh, that from the Henry Mountains. And if you've seen our shirts on on social media, we're gonna have those there. Some hats, some swag. So be on the lookout. Song yeah. Outdoors. Find us on social media and be looking for future posts, and we'll keep you updated on uh, future podcasts of that booth number. So, Yeah, so thanks, you guys. Thanks for, for listening to us. We're excited, and stick with us. Yeah, appreciate everything.